Brought to you by Prescient Investment Management. Informed by science. Guided by insight. Prescient Investment Management is an authorized FSP. Welcome to Honest Money. I'm really thrilled to to have a, an, an, I guess, a repeat guest on the on the show with me today, Ray Mere from Prescient Investment Management. He's head of retail there. Ray, thanks so much for joining us. Hello, Warren, and hello from a sunny Cape Town. So, uh, Ray, um, we're, we're we're kind of exposing ourselves to to our listeners again to to kind of get their their questions. So. Um, uh, I, I'm, I appreciate you coming on board and, and sharing sharing your insights with uh, with with us um, to, to kind of help our our listeners navigate this world of money. So um, I think, without further ado, let's let, let's kick off the the listeners' question. Hi, Warren and Ray. I have a question about ETFs. How do they work, and how does a share work? What is the difference between an ETF and the difference between a share? And how do you accurately read the stock graphs on Easy Equities or any other stock market website? You often get a one month, three month, six month, one year and max view of the graphs. I want to know which one I should be looking at before I invest in a holding company or an individual ETF or share. Thanks so much. Wow. Okay, that's uh, the, 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 there is quite a bit there to talk about, Ray. Um, so, so do you want to do you want to take the first shot? Yeah, um, let me start with, before we get to the kind of how to read graphs and kind of returns and all of that, let me start with the difference between ETFs and shares. And I might even throw unit trusts in there as well, just for comparison's sake. Um, so a share is a, a company in South Africa that lists its assets, I mean, it's, its stock on the stock market so that individuals like you and I can become owners of that share. And that's their way of... I suppose, raising capital within the market and giving you a share of their business. And in return, you get the growth of the share price and you get dividends from their earnings and profit. Now, over the years, I think the financial services industry has come up with what we call ETFs. These are exchange-traded funds. And these are pooled kind of investment uh, vehicles that allow individuals to invest in either uh, shares, companies or uh, commodities or a group of any kind of property or anything. And I suppose the underlying, and, and they call that kind of that grouping and index, which allows you to kind of diversify. Instead of buying one share, you can buy a grouping of shares that are similar. And these days you can do all sorts of amazing things with these ETFs. I, I mean, you can buy value ETFs, which kind of look for shares that are undervalued. You can buy momentum that kind of look for shares that are going upwards, um, hopefully. So, what you get in an ETF is you get uh, a, the money gets to put into a pooled vehicle, which allows you to kind of diversify your risk as opposed to buying one share and you're buying a group of shares within that that ETF. Very similar to a unit trust, which is also a pooled vehicle that buys a lot of underlying things to kind of um, diversify your risk instead of buying just one thing. There are some differences between the two, some of them being that um, ETFs are generally available on kind of stock trading platforms or stock broking platforms. They are starting to get available on Unitrust platforms, whereas Unitrust platforms aren't available on stock broking platforms. Um, the pricing is 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 slightly different between the two, in the sense that you, when you're buying on the an ETF, you're buying it on a stock market like you buy shares, and there are certain stock broking costs that go into that. Uh, and then on the Unitrust, you pay. 
platform fees if you're buying it from a platform or you buy or you're buying it directly from an asset manager and pay ongoing an, an ongoing asset management fee whereas with an etf you wouldn't pay an ongoing kind of fee again things that you'd have to compare and at times you might even find a unit trust and an etf that invest in the same underlying uh companies or uh, indexes yeah i think uh um i mean that's a very comprehensive response so, so to me uh, it's maybe the, those are the differences, and then and then the why. You know, why do you buy the one or the other? Uh, and, and I think you know, to me, an exchange traded fund is very valuable when you just want the most generic index exposure. In other words, you say, uh, look, I want to invest overseas, and I just want to buy the entire world stock market. Uh, I think it's quite hard to 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 find something better better suited to that than than an exchange traded fund. Uh, you know, you know, especially if it's a if it's a good index provider, um, you know, the costs are going to be low. It's going to be well distributed, and and uh, you know, lo- lots of information will be available on that. But if you're saying I want to try and get a better return uh, that, than than the stock market, th- then then your options increase substantially, and and I think then you need to do a lot more homework. Uh, and and then your two main routes, as far as I'm concerned, will either be a Unitrust or a collection of individual shares, uh, you know, as a as a way to try and uh, to, to try and get that return. And and I think you know we we've spoken about it on on, on honest money in the past. Uh, I think you know the world's too uh, kind of polarized and and too kind of you know it's it's one or it's zero, it's A or it's B. You know, you're Republican or you're Democrat, and 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 I think that actually in the world of money, you need to be very careful to be too absolute. You know, I think you need to say that actually. There'll be times when uh, you know when when paying a unit trust manager or buying individual shares will will be rewarding uh, you know compared to buying an index. But there'll be other times when the index will be will, will be more rewarding. And and the reality is having a combination might be a very good uh, a, a very good outcome there. So so I think that that's you know it's important that you know when you when you're listening to this and you're asking us about the the differences, those are the differences, but the why are you buying these things is really important because you need to be very clear in your own mind as to what's going on. The fact that there are thousands of exchange-traded funds and there are thousands of unit trusts doesn't mean you need to buy all of them. Uh, and, and certainly when there are new ones being issued all the time, equally, it doesn't mean that you now need to become uh, you, you know, a, a buyer of everything that's new and, and exciting. Uh, because sometimes new and exciting is a great way to lose money um, and, and just have a story to tell, a very, very expensive story. Uh, and I think, you know, maybe just on that point, we need to also just be really careful now because the exchange-traded fund world is becoming increasingly complicated. So what you're finding now is more and more companies want to get in on the exchange-traded fund market. And so they're trying to kind of create new different, you know, exchange-traded funds that are not following just generic indices. Uh, and and sometimes those exchange traded funds are super expensive and not that transparent, um, and and that's a real concern for me. So so you know if you're in that space, uh, it might you know and and you're looking for something that's fancy and exciting, uh, you, you know be careful that you that you pay um, you know too much money into an exchange traded fund. Um, and to to raise point, you know when you buy uh, an exchange traded fund, sometimes they trade. All the time, you know, they trade live on the stock exchange, but sometimes they need a market maker who will 
if you want to be a buyer, they, they will they will sell you the exchange traded fund, and if you want to sell it, they need to sometimes buy it back from you. And there is a, a hidden cost that can be uh, allocated to you because that difference between the buying and the selling price can be quite wide in the exchange traded fund market, even though it trades on the stock exchange. So, so I think just be careful once you go out of the big generic uh, um, indices into kind of these more, you know, kind of niche products. Uh, you know, they're not necessarily as cost effective as you as you think. So. So I mean, I think I can't add much to 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 your your kind of explanation. I think it was it was very good, but but I just think the 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 key point here is the why. Why are you buying this? No, be very clear as an investor why you're owning it, what you want to do, uh, and it can't be simply to chase last week or last month's best performer. You know, uh, because that that's really dangerous. You know, I, I saw. Lots of exchange-traded fund providers punting fourth generation or fourth industrial revolution or, you know, whatever it is, the crypto uh, crypto greatest hits, uh, you know, ETF and all of those things, you know, they, they relate to an investment fashion. And most of the time they're getting promoted to you once the fashion has passed. Uh, and that's not, you know, that for me is a great way to lose money. And I, I think just be careful there. So so that's my kind of cautionary note. Uh, Ray, uh, um, um, I mean, I think just to just to kind of preempt you there for a second, um, the 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 Unitrust world also. I mean, I think it's interesting to know the one thing to, to be clear on there is when you buy a share in a company, if that share goes bankrupt, you lose your money. That's what happens uh, as an investor in 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 underlying companies. But if you buy um, uh, into a Unitrust and the Unitrust provider goes bankrupt. As an investor, you're fine, uh, and and that's and it's an important distinction just to make there is that you know like the you know let's just say the Honest Money Global Equity Fund it doesn't exist so please don't look for it but the Honest Money Global Equity Fund uh, you know um, we we get a whole lot of investors and then Honest Money goes bankrupt every investor in a unit trust will be fine they're, they're, because the company that provides that unit trust is not the owner of the assets the only owners of assets in a unit trust are the actual unit holders. And the same would apply to an exchange traded fund. Uh, the, the, the owners of the assets are not the provider of the product, but but rather the unit holders or the investors inside. So, so that's a very important distinction between an exchange traded fund and a unit trust on the one hand and, and a direct share on the other. Your, your risk of blow up is higher on the individual share. 100%. And, and I think, Warren, spot on, like everything else, do the research before you invest in these kind of um, investments. The second question was around um, performance figures and how, how you should look at them one year, three year, five year, 10 years. And I mean, for me, I personally try my hardest not to open those. I mean, I, it actually irritates me that my, the like I say it irritates me, but I work for these companies, but investment company that you invest with sends you these statements on a quarterly basis. And it actually turns out that it's a regulatory thing. Um, they're actually required to keep you informed in terms of your investments on a quarterly basis, and that's why you get your statements quite regularly. Um, I generally don't open them um, that regularly. Uh, I, I'm one of those people that you know invests for long term and would like to see the results over the long term. But in terms of the question, when you're investing in ETFs or unit trusts, um, particularly the equity unit trusts or stocks on the stock market, you generally do want to invest for longer term, right? So the longer you invested. You give your your money the opportunity to grow within the different cycles of the stock market because the stock market will go up and will go down. Um, having said that, should you know what's going on in the short term? I believe so 100%. I think when you invest in something, you want to see that whatever it is that you invested in is doing what it says it does on the tin. So when I, if you're going to invest in a... Um, 
in an income fund and, for example, the stock market crashes and all the shares fall, you want to see whether that income, how that income fund reacted to kind of the, the same, was how it was affected by some sort of market crisis um, compared to an equity fund, for example. You hopefully, it didn't respond to that kind of market crisis the same way as an equity fund, which is why I think it's important, although it's not... You know, like I said, although it can give you heart palpitations in the short term, it's always important to have a look at your investments just to understand and make sure that whatever you invested in is doing what you expected it to be doing. And if it's not, to have the conversations either with your financial advisor or with um, the people who have who kind of have that invest, who own that investment or um, who provide that investment to you. Yeah, I think, uh, um, and and to me, you know, just to be kind of uh, be a little bit nuts and bolts, uh, if you're going to invest in shares and, and you're going to invest in the stock market, however you do that, your shortest time frame needs to be at least five years. I, I would I would feel more comfortable when you're looking at sort of seven to ten years as your as your time time frame to 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 invest, but but certainly. You know, if you're looking at the stock market with the plan to draw the money out in two and a half years' time because you want to buy a car, please don't invest in the stock market. It doesn't matter how you do it. You know, that time frame is just far too short. It needs to be at least the the, the five years and longer. Um, and and maybe just to explain some of the the differences there. So Ray talks about an income fund. So so typically, you know, in the Unitrust world, they they have categories of funds. And and so if you're looking for Something that will give you a bit of interest, um, you know, and and maybe try and do better than you know deposits at the bank. That they'll, you know, you, you can choose a money market unit trust, you know, which which is in theory going to be your lowest risk, uh, most secure way of of getting some some interest. And then one level of risk up from that will be uh, this grouping of funds called income funds, where where they might take a little bit more risk. Uh, than a money market fund, and the hope is that you you get a bit more interest uh, uh, growth over time than than a money market fund. But understanding that um, that little bit of extra interest does come with a bit more potential for 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 the money to go down. Even you know it, it has happened when when we saw African Bank uh, hit the wall a couple of years ago that uh, actually we saw some some money market funds and income funds actually losing money. So so yes, they're low risk, but uh, uh, but they do carry some risk. And don't don't be surprised if you chasing the highest returns and and then to the question around you know do you look at the one three six months or one year or five years or ten years uh, I like Ray's answer my, my view is that uh, I don't choose a, a fund for example a unit trust that, um, unless it's been around for a number of years I, my minimum in my head I don't know why I, I, I can't give you scientific evidence but but I kind of want a fund to be around for three years as a, as a minimum for me before I before I become comfortable as a as an owner of it, unless it's just an index tracker, which is a different story. But uh, but I think track records are important and timeframes are important for growth assets. So when you're buying something, you know that's got exposure to shares, uh, understanding how it performs over you know three, five, you know seven, ten, fifteen years, all of those kinds of timeframes is it is helpful. Uh, what what an investment does, you know, especially one that's in the stock market, what it does over a month. To me, is noise, uh, you know, and it's it's not that valuable. Um, actually, if you're investing according to performance graphs, possibly your best indicator is the thing that's done the absolute worst over the last twelve months might be the thing to buy because that might be your best performer over the next twelve months. But uh, but but if you if that's the only logic you're applying, then I'm I'm afraid you need to do something very different, you know. But because unfortunately, past performance, you know, they always talk about it. Past performance is no guarantee of future returns. That's uh, 
regulatory statement. It's also a cliche and it's all true. Um, you know, past performance is never going to guarantee you what, uh, what what your return will look like in the future. And, and certainly uh, my own kind of anecdotal evidence is that whatever was number one last year, whatever was the best performing thing last year, almost never is the best performing thing again next year. So just be careful of that, you know, and I think, again, just zoom out your timeframes. Don't don't worry about one, three, six months. You know, those those timeframes are simply noise and, and, and it's not going to help you with your long-term financial freedom goals. Like I said, it is pretty hard when they're sending you your statements on a quarterly basis. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and I think it's human nature to look at them, uh, and and so uh, you, you know, in my own life, when I when I get those, um, and I see, especially when they're down, the the one thing I do is I try and understand if I'm investing in shares. Uh, and my shares are down, then then I will look at a graph of the whole stock market because that's the tide. You know, if the tide has gone out, then my ship is going to go down. What I don't want is I don't want it to sink. That's true. But uh, but but if if the whole tide is out, then and my ship's down al- along with the tide, that's okay. I understand it. Then, then I try and delete that statement and not worry about it for a little while. Uh, Equally, you know, if if times are really good and my investments pumping and I, you know I'm, and my investments going up twenty five or thirty percent in a year, before I start to pat myself on the on the back as the world's greatest investor ever, I'm going to look at the tide again. You know, if the tide is high and it's rising, uh, um, and the, and the stock market is is high, then that tells me the answer. Uh, you know, that that that's that's the reason my investment is doing well. So it, graphs and performance, when you give them a context, are more valuable than when you look at them on their own, you know, because you just don't know, you know, the, the only thing I would say is if your stock market investment is up 30% and the entire stock market is down 30%, be careful. That, that's not a good sign. Uh, equally, if the entire stock market is up 30% and your stock market investment is down 30%, uh, possibly someone's not doing their job very well. So, so they, you know, but, but again, you'll need to do more work than just simply looking at past performance. Yeah, good advice. I, I like that one. And that's exactly, it's exactly what I would do. I think just people, it's important to understand what you're invested in and how you expect it to perform. But as you said, whether the tide is going out or coming back in. Ray Mary from Present Investment Management. Thank you very much. The time has uh, flown past and uh, we, we look forward to to kind of answering some more of these questions in the future. I think they're, they're interesting and I, I'm certainly learning as we go. And and so um, please send those questions through. We will do our best to answer them. Uh, if they're really difficult, we might just pretend that we never received them. That, that's a joke, <laughs> uh, but, but uh, we'll do our best. Uh, Ray, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Warren. Thank you for having me. Brought to you by Prescient Investment Management. Informed by science. Guided by insight. Prescient Investment Management is an authorized FSP. 